Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I am so appreciative of this week's poem. It is entitled... Reclaim Your History by Mills. My womb is not your amphitheater, not an ark to protect your masculinity. You wish you could be this free. I am a daughter. Behold the voice of God living in me, my voice. Robbed under velvety night stars, The badge on my chest failed to protect me. There was no leaping into action. I forget to remember. I used to love me. Dance to walking bass lines, ride horses into the sun. Where are you? The land has witnessed this before. Watered by the blood of my ancestors. Their pain reaches root. Feel this Land, child born of September moon, you are being called home. Please touch this land. Alisa, come home. Sacred woman, what was stolen does not equal free. You are not cheap. You are not for sale. This land is alive, so are you. Daughter of the earth, pick up your sword, inhale your essence. The world falls from its axis without you. Wield your flame, raise the mantle, symbol of femininity bestowed upon you. Mothers, sisters, aunties, warriors, Amazonians, Zulu, monarchs, the divine, her majesty, she, her, we, you. Stand in the gaps of society. We are the thin line, the thick line, silent for too long. The best of you is living. I said the best of you is living. Fold your heart into the earth's armor. Hold on to your tenderness. Hold on to your love. Soft like tilled soil. Uterus fertile in concrete strength. Alchemy is you. Rest is your holiness. What was taken was never given. May your honey coat the earth. 
world peace is in the womb of a woman. Selah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for your incredible peace and testimony and affirmation and declaration. It is so necessary, so necessary for us to be reminded of who we are. And we want to talk today on sexual trauma recovery. And I know that we have many sexual trauma survivors in our community of co-journers. And I also am a sexual trauma survivor and so grateful to have this space where we can shatter shame and shatter silence and show up in solidarity with each other as we make this journey home. So there are many approaches and pathways to healing uh, from sexual trauma. And in one of our prior episodes, we talk about uh, embodied healing. And on today, I want to talk about cognitive restructuring. So shifting our thoughts. And I invite you to take a moment to tune in with sacred breath about what you survived, reflecting, knowing, being aware that the sexual trauma affected you, but it does not define you, that there is more to you than what was done to you, but what was done did and does have an impact. And so one of the approaches to healing is centered around cognitive processing therapy. And with that approach, we look at the ways in which we have made meaning in the aftermath of sexual trauma, the ways in which it has shifted, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about the world, the way we think about relationships. And while there are some aspects that have helped us to grow and survive, uh, when we are honest in our reflection, we may become aware that some of the ways in which our thinking was altered has not served us, has created uh, more difficulty for us or a sustained difficulty for us. And so we're going to think about some of the major themes Uh, that can show up in our thought life, that as we heal and come home to ourselves, we want to challenge and shift and give ourselves permission to write a new script so we can understand uh, where we are on this journey. And so there are five themes that we want to think about in terms of shifting our beliefs, first becoming aware of our beliefs, and then recognizing the beliefs that are distorted or dysfunctional, are irrational, are uh, not realistic, but it is coming out of our trauma. And so the first thing we want to think about is safety. And many times as a sexual trauma survivor, you may come to believe that nothing is safe, uh, that you are never safe, 
uh, that you cannot trust anything or anyone. And so uh, always being in that place of vigilance. So when I perpetually believe that everything and everyone is dangerous, it puts me in a permanent state of anxiety. And so then I am going through my life uh, with a sense of terror, uh, with a sense of hopelessness and despair. And it allows me uh, to stay in that vigilant state. But when I'm in that vigilant state, I can actually miss out on moments of my life. I can miss out on opportunities. I can miss out on what is present because I am so focused on what might go wrong and uh, who may hurt me. And then I can find myself really being trapped and closed off. And we know that when I'm in a perpetual state of anxiety, then I'm not even able to detect when there are actual threats, right? Because yes, there will be moments where things are dangerous, but I know some of you have gotten to a place where you can never trust your own radar uh, because it's perpetually going off, right? And so then you start to say, well, uh, because I think that everything is dangerous, I'm just going to ignore this alarm uh, or I'm going to live my life in constant kind of warrior mode. Yes. And so we want to uh, take a moment to honor that it makes sense that you have come to believe that everything or everyone is dangerous and at the same time recognizing our desire to shift into a healthy mindset, right? To be able to breathe, to be able to be present. And so I invite you in this moment to think about the times that you were safe, whether that was by yourself, whether that was with other people, whether that was in certain environments, on certain jobs or certain uh, neighborhoods or on certain days, you want to begin to reflect on your moments of safety so you can begin to put that in to your own programming that often we are rehearsing, understandably so, all the times that we were endangered, all of the times that we were harmed and hurt and all of the times we were tricked or deceived or not safe. And when we only play uh, that tape in our minds, then it gives us a false sense of our lives, right? And so I invite you in this moment to reflect on, even if it has felt rare, times in your life where you were not being hurt, times in your life where you were not being harmed, times in your life where someone was not plotting against you, times in your life and people in your life who were not trying to take advantage, trick or deceive you. And as you reflect on those memories, to give yourself permission to believe that there can be more memories like that in your present, and there can be more memories like that 
in your future. So we're not dismissing that some things and some people are not safe. We are just giving ourselves the cushion, the space, the room to consider that safety and danger both exist in our lives. And we don't want to miss the moments of safety because we are fearful and dismissive and living in that constant state of anxiety. And so you have not been missing the truth that there is some danger in the world and to begin to consider that it is not everywhere, all the time, all people. Yes. So as we just reflect on those moments when we were safe to breathe, when it was safe to be yourself, when it was safe to show up and to consider that on the journey home. The second theme we want to think about in terms of shifting our beliefs is related to this issue of safety, and that one is trust. So when you are a sexual assault survivor, sexual trauma survivor, whether molestation, uh, sexual assault, uh, sex trafficking, we want to be mindful that it is a betrayal. So if it is someone, if the perpetrator was someone known to you, that is one type of betrayal. And even if it is a stranger, you know, in our human experience, right, our understanding of humanity uh, and the ways in which people are meant to operate, uh, it is also a betrayal, right? Uh, just a different type. So you want to consider... Uh, the ways in which your trust uh, has been harmed by people who manipulated you, people who pressured you, people who violated you. And as a result, to consider what has made it uh, difficult in the present to trust people is often we don't uh, trust our radar. Right. So then it becomes I'm not sure what are the warning signs. And so it is safer to just um, disbelieve everyone, to keep everyone at a distance, which can keep you very isolated and shut down and uh, really in a place emotionally, if not physically, of being alone. And so we want to consider in this moment that there are some people who have honored your trust. There are some people who have honored your boundaries. There are some people who honor your no. There are some people who have not uh, violated or disrespected your body or your heart, your mind, your spirit. And so consider now, and especially this will be important for those who have been re-victimized. 
So some who are listening have been assaulted or abused by more than one person. And when that is the case, uh, understandably, the trust can be very difficult to develop. And yet, if we surrender to the idea that no one is trustworthy, then it also means that we are surrendering to the possible, surrendering our idea that friendship is possible, that relationship is possible, that uh, a sense of home in the presence of another is possible. And I want you to consider reclaiming your hope or your belief that it is possible and that it can be possible for you. Sometimes we think, well, other people can get that, but I that's just not in the cards for me. And I want you to consider that you are worthy of friends, that you are worthy of companionship, that you are worthy of respect, that you are worthy of being treated well, that you are worthy of having spaces in the presence of other people where you do not have to have your armor on. Can you just consider in this moment that you are worthy of that and that there are some people who are not out to take advantage? And I know for some that is a hard one to believe, but just begin to reflect on the possibility. In this moment, we are just planting seeds, so it doesn't have to be that as soon as I say it, you believe it. You're just considering, giving yourself permission to consider the possibility that what we have concluded in the aftermath of the violation may not be the complete truth, right? We are considering that the idea that no one will ever be trustworthy, that that idea comes out of the trauma and can keep me from coming home to myself and can keep me shut down and locked away from other people. And there are there is the possibility of goodness for you, not only by yourself, but in the presence of others. We also want to look at our beliefs around power and around control. So in the aftermath of the violation, you may walk around with the negative thoughts uh, that I have to be in control at all times, and if not, I will be hurt. And so uh, some people in the aftermath of uh, sexual trauma can become very controlling, uh, very rigid with themselves, very controlling with other people. Uh, and that control, those control issues, one, it's a lot of labor for you, and two, it can sabotage your relationships. So I wonder if you can consider in the moment the ways in which your control issues have shown up. 
And we have a prior episode on control issues that you may want to check out to examine it more fully. But I invite you to consider not only do you not have to control everything and everyone, but it's actually not possible. It's not possible. And I know that is uh, can be disappointing or frustrating uh, to hear. And some of us try very hard to dictate what other people are supposed to be doing. And we want to really get to a place where we give ourselves freedom and we also acknowledge the truth that it is not healthy nor possible to try to control everyone around you. So I invite you to take breath in this moment and consider as a homework or an application, what are the controlling behaviors that you have been exhibiting as it relates to other people and how can you invite freedom into that space? So have you been controlling with your coworkers? Have you been controlling with your partner? Are you a controlling friend? Are you uh, even, I'm gonna say, overly controlling when it comes to your children? Sometimes we don't prepare them for success or even confidence within themselves because we give them the message uh, that they are uh, not capable, right? And of course, you know, their capacity and capability will vary with their age and their development. Um, but there are uh, parents who are so controlling that they are doing a disservice to their own children. Yes. So where are the control issues showing up for you? And to think about how can I invite more freedom in that space? How can I not in a um, harmful or harsh way, uh, but how can I release some of that control on my job and my friendships and my relationships? Can I have some breath in there? Can I invite some liberation in there? And then another area of thoughts that we want to consider shifting uh, is our own esteem. So in the aftermath of sexual trauma, you might feel like something is wrong with you. You might feel like um, I can never get over this, that I am uh, stained, that I am dirty, that I am uh, no good, uh, that I am ruined, that uh, no one will ever want me and that I don't even want me. And so these uh, negative thoughts about the self uh, we understand can set us up for all kinds of difficulties in our lives. So what are the ways in which you have erased yourself, discounted yourself, diminished yourself, neglected yourself? What are the ways that your sense of unworthiness has shown up? 
Does it show up in the way that you carry yourself? Does it show up in the way that you speak? Does it show up in the ways that you approach dating or friendship? Does it show up in the ways you have held yourself back professionally? And so we want to really consider the other evidence of our worthiness. One, just being a human being, a living being on the planet, right? That as a living being, we are each deserving of care, of safety, of respect, right? Because sometimes we go into this mindset of, I have to earn it uh, to be deserving. And that's why uh, many of us erase ourselves and jump into perfectionism or busyness because you're trying to convince yourself and others that you are enough. And I want you to know the ways in which you were treated are not a reflection of your worth. It's a reflection of the other person and where they were or where they are in their mindset. But it is not about you being undeserving of care and safety. So we want to really look at what are your ideas about worthiness? What would a person have to do or be to deserve respect, right? And many times we will give that respect and care to others and not to ourselves. And so as we consider what do I actually believe is the measure of my worth so that I can stop uh, determining my esteem based on how some people have treated me. So even though they did not treat me well, I am still clear I deserve to be treated well. Yes? So shifting our ideas around esteem. And the last category that we think about shifting um, is our beliefs around intimacy. So our sexual trauma um, was a violation against us holistically, but including against our bodies. And so what are the conclusions that you have drawn around sexual intimacy, right? So some of you think that uh, sex is a weapon, sex is a tool, sex is dangerous, uh, sex is just something that other people take from you, Sex is something that you have to be intoxicated or high for, uh, that uh, sex is all people ever want from you, or it is the only thing that you have um, that is important. Um, there are even those of you who have uh, concluded, you know, I don't care uh, about my body or um, who touches me or who wants to be with me because none of it it doesn't matter, right? That none of it matters uh, because underneath I don't matter. And sometimes people uh, in an attempt to make the violation less hurtful will then jump to the conclusion that none of it matters anyway. And so what have you convinced yourself or what did the violation convince you uh, 
about sex, about your body, about sexual intimacy, right? About um, the ways in which uh, sexual intimacy can be healthy or unhealthy. What are the messages uh, that you have convinced yourself or the violation has convinced you about what sex can mean for you, what your sexual intimacy can be like for you, of what is possible and what is healthy and what you are uh, willing to be vulnerable enough to be present for versus uh, constantly checking out. And so I invite you to consider that the violation is not sexual intimacy. The violation was a violation, yes? So I do not want to make my conclusions about intimacy based on something that was not consensual, uh, based on something that was uh, predatory, based on something that was violence, based on something that was built in deception or pressure. So all of those experiences happened, but that is not what mutual, consensual, uh, affirming sexual intimacy is. And so in honesty, it may be that you have never experienced uh, real, authentic, mutual, consensual sexual intimacy, right? Or when you have consented, you've consented and been checked out, or you've consented and uh, used it for trade of like, if I'll do this so that they can give me something I want. Um, but there is another realm possible uh, where sexual intimacy can be pleasurable, consensual, mutual, and actually a place where you can be present, where it can be safe for you to be yourself and for you to be able to connect honestly with others in the present moment. So I just invite you in this moment to consider, even if I have never experienced it, I believe it is possible. And even if I have rarely experienced it, I want to remind myself that it is possible. And I want to consider in this moment, what are my goals, my aims for myself as it relates to intimacy, as it relates to sex? What are the ways in which I want to shift my thoughts? What are the ways in which I may want to shift some of my behaviors? Uh, what are the ways in which I want to shift my approach to relationship, right? And as we do that shifting work, we come closer and closer uh, to our home. We come back to ourselves.
when we can realize our distortions and separate our distorted thoughts from truth and from what is possible, what is wholeness, what is healing, what is home. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.